Hi, this is Dawn Richards, and I am here. Hi, this is Dawn Richards, and I am here today to share with you what I know for sure about getting the help you need when you need it most. You know, you've probably heard me say or seen me write in the past that no time with God is ever wasted time, meaning Whenever you make a decision to draw near to God, whenever you make a decision to think about God, put your thoughts on God, meditate on the word of God, um, meditate on God's faithfulness to you in your life and your circumstances to worship the Lord, to pray to God, to study his word, to fellowship with other like-minded believers. Whenever your focus is on God and who he is in your life, you're never wasting your time. And the good news is that that comes with merit. It comes with benefits. You're not wasting your time because it's not a fruitless endeavor. You're not wasting your time because there actually is benefit on the other side of spending time with God. And one of those benefits just happens to be getting the help you need when you need it the most. Because it's one thing to get help. You know, if I cut my finger and I need a Band-Aid, it's great that, you know, I can go to the grocery store and buy Band-Aids any day of the week, but what really makes makes it um, the best scenario for me and what I really need in that moment the most is to be able to go to my cabinet, to be able to go to my vanity and to get a Band-Aid that I already have nearby. It's a similar thing when you're talking about getting help. You know, you need help when you need it. People need help when they need it. And God promises, as we're going to see in the scripture, that he's made available help to you and help to me, not just any old time, not just when we get in line and we pick a number and we wait for God to come back and and call our number. No, he says, I'm offering you the help you need when you need it the most. Glory be to God. So if you have your Bible Go with me now to Hebrews 4. This is going to be um, just a quick word today, but something to encourage you, to remind you of the value of putting God first place in your thoughts, in your life, in your endeavors as you go about your days and your weeks and your months. Don't see God as a side, you know, a line or as an option. Okay, if I can't figure it out any other way, then I'll check in with God. I'll see what God has to say about it. I'll ask God. I'll I'll look to God. No. God should be our primary reflex. Just as we breathe is the same way, excuse me, that we should be thinking of God and conferring with God and deferring to God. So in Hebrews 4 verse 16 and starting with the New Living Translation, I'm going to share a couple of others. It says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. So there we have an invitation. God is saying, you know what? I'm over here. I'm on the throne. Yes, I'm God, glory, but I'm inviting you to come and meet me here. And he says, I'm a gracious God, by the way. You're not coming to a God that's ready to drop the hammer on you. You're not coming to meet the God that's ready to point out everything you've done wrong and why you're not worthy. No, he says, come to me, meet me at the throne because I'm a gracious God. The King James Version actually says, come boldly to the throne of grace. So when you think of God, when you think of God on his throne, he has deemed it, he himself has proclaimed that it is a throne of grace, 
Glory be to God. Not a throne of judgment, not a throne of harshness, not a throne of uh, if you're not perfect, how dare you even think about approaching? No, he says it's a throne of grace and he's a gracious God. He says there is where we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Now that is a promise from almighty God himself. I didn't come up with that. I didn't think of it. No human can had to convince God to do that. No, he of his own recognizance decided that he is a God who's going to be gracious to his people. He is a God who dispenses help when we need it most. And all he says is, come, come, come sit at my feet. Come see what I have to say about your situation and circumstance. Call on my name, pray to me, seek me out, gather where others are fellowshipping and worshiping me, learn of me, get to know me. Because after all, that's what Christianity is all about. It's about a relationship. It's about a father and a child, a God and a child. God calls us his own. He calls us his sons and daughters. And I don't know any parent worth their snuff walking around that doesn't love to be in the presence of their children, that doesn't beckon their children as often as they can. Once their children are out of the house, they're empty nesters, whatever that may look like. If you're like, if you're, if your family is anything like mine and if your parents are anything like my mom, my father's deceased, but I think this would definitely be true of him if he were still living. There is no doubt that any time that my mom has with me or can get with me, she is ecstatic. And not being a parent, I probably take that for granted sometimes. But ultimately, that comes from the heart of the Father God. Our natural parents get their similitude of parenthood, their similitude of fatherhood from our Heavenly Father. And that is that heart of a parent, of a father towards a child. And God is saying today, you don't need to come with your head held low. You don't need to come with 50 reasons why you've been a good girl or you've been a good boy and God should actually pay attention to you. No, he says, come boldly, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, wonderful, whatever it looks like. He says, you have a place, you have a right through the blood of Jesus, not because of what you've done or haven't done, but simply because of what Jesus did. You have the right to come boldly. And what you can expect to find when you come is grace, God's unmerited favor. See, if something's unmerited, it means you didn't do anything to earn it. You can't plot yourself. You can't pat yourself on the back. Oh, you know, the reason why this worked out is because I'm so fabulous. Oh, I pray all the time, you know, God, because I pray five hours a day, God, you know, he answers my prayers. No, dear, that's great that you have that relationship with God. And if, and if you want to pray five hours a day, that's wonderful. But God is not putting a prerequisite on it. All he's saying is believe in what Jesus has done. Take advantage of that and come and receive. The Amplified Translation says, therefore, let us with privilege. See, membership has its privileges, right? 
We've heard that before. You know, credit card companies love to tout that. But we're talking about real privileges. And when you are a member of the family of God, it comes with privileges. Glory be to God. And God says here, come with privilege as you approach the throne of grace. That is the throne of God's gracious favor. See, again, I said it was unmerited favor. It's his gracious favor. And if you deserved it, then it wouldn't be a favor. When someone does a favor for you, by the nature of it being a favor, it means that it's up to them. It's, it's optional. Um, their disposition is to do you a favor, something that you didn't earn, something that they don't owe you. Because if they owe you, then it's not a favor. So God is saying here that his favor is waiting and you can come with confidence Hear this, and without fear, you don't have to be afraid. Oh, you know, I know last night I did this and I did that. And, you know, oh, the other day I said this or I didn't do that or I haven't been to church. Oh, oh, oh. No, God says, forget all that. With confidence, with boldness, and without fear. Because fear cancels out faith. So you can't come boldly. But yet be afraid. That doesn't mix. It's like oil and water. It won't mix. So you have to shun the fear. You have to put the fear aside. Put on your big girl pants, your big boy pants. And say, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God because of Jesus. Because of his blood. And then you step into your privileges. You step into your inheritance. You step into what rightfully belongs to you as a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And you find, this is what you can expect to find. We just heard it, but we're going to hear it again. You can expect to find his amazing grace to help in time of need. To help when you need it the most. He says it's going to be an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. Glory be to God. See, God is not a one-size-fits-all father. Everything he does for you and for me is tailor-made. Why do you think he took the time to give us all individual fingerprints? If he was all about the carbon copy effect, he could have just made up some robots. He could have just had an assembly line of robots and called it a day. And there would be no distinction between you, me, or the next person. But God is a God of variety. He's a God of uniqueness. He's a God of individuality. He's a God who loves people to be distinct in their purpose, authentic in who he created them to be with the gifts and talents that he uniquely graced you with and me with. That's what makes life so interesting. That's what makes uh, fulfilling your purpose so rewarding. Because you know it's something that God Taylor made for you. And he says when he comes to bless your life, when he comes to lift you up, when he comes to help you, it's going to be appropriate for you. And it's going to come just at the right moment. You know, there's, there's, people, there's sayings that say he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. And that is exactly the truth. He will always come in the right moment. Now, you may not feel like it's the right moment, and I may not feel like it's the right moment, but God, we trust God that it's the right moment. You know, the children of Israel, they had to walk around that mountain in Jericho for seven days without saying one word. Not one word. They may have felt like it was the right moment the second day, 
Surely they probably felt that way by the fifth day. And oh my goodness, by the sixth day? Are you kidding, Joshua? What are we doing here? Are you sure you heard from God? Because this is feeling and looking really strange and it doesn't look like anything's happening here. But God knew that the right moment was the seventh day. He knew when he told them to shout that that wall was going to come tumbling down. And that was their appropriate blessing. That was their victory coming when they needed it the most. The message translation of Hebrews 4.16 says, Now that we know what we have, Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God. I mean, just think of it. Jesus is the password. You know, you're trying to get something out of a, out of your safe. You know, maybe you have a safety deposit box or there's these valuables that have been put away in a safe somewhere. And the only thing standing between you and that those valuables is the access, the ready access. But you've got to have the right password. Well, Jesus is the password for us when it comes to getting the access we need to the throne of God, the presence of God, and ultimately the grace and help of God. It says, now that we know we've got it, don't let it slip. Don't let it slip through your fingers. Don't be that close and not claim it, not benefit. It says, we don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. God knows. He understands. You know, maybe your spouse doesn't understand. Maybe your children don't understand. Maybe your best friend doesn't understand. Maybe your pastor doesn't even understand. You know, maybe your coworkers don't understand. But God does. He does. He understands. And he's been through weakness and testing. Oh my, Jesus has been through it. So he definitely knows. He's experienced it all but without sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Now I want you to imagine that. I want you to imagine the God that we serve just waiting for you to come. It's like he can't contain himself. He's like, angels, here they come. Here she comes. Oh my, she's getting closer. Oh, oh yeah, she's coming. I can't wait to release this blessing in her life. I can't wait to help him. I can't wait to show up and to demonstrate my power, to bestow my favor, to help. He's not sitting there with clenched fist folded arms, a smirk on his face. Hmm. Oh, you want some help now? After the way you acted? You hadn't even opened your Bible in two years and, oh, you think I'm going? No, that is totally out of character for God. To the contrary, he is ready to give. It says, so take the mercy Accept the help. You know, some of us, we're just too smart for our own good. We don't think it takes all that. And I don't even think often, unfortunately, that many people, many believers, really consider God as the legit option 
for the help they need, whether it's help with their marriage, in their marriage, or help with raising their children, or help with their jobs, or help financially, or help with their physical health or mental health, or help with a relationship that's, you know, um, not in the best place, or help with fulfilling their dreams and seeing those things that God has placed in their hearts come to fruition. It's like they would rather you know, check out the life coach or the webinar or, you know, phone a friend or whatever that looks like before they ever even think about coming to God. And it's not to say that any of those other things don't have their place. That's not to diminish them. They, they have their place, but that that's what we have to remember. They have their place. They should not replace God at any time. So when you start at the throne of grace, then anything else that God subsequently decides to leverage to bring about the help. So you start at the throne of grace, acknowledging, Lord, you are my source of everything. And without you, I am nothing. And without you, I can do nothing, but I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. When you start there, then God will decide how he wants to manifest the help he will decide what channel and what vehicle and what resource because he is the source, but he will decide what resource will it be the job? Will it be the paycheck? Will it be the best friend? Will it be the husband, the wife? Will it be um, an opportunity? Will it be a life coach? Will it be the pastor and something he says or she says at church? Whatever that may be, will it be a book? God will lead. He will guide. He will help. But we have to know where to go. So what I know for sure about getting the help you need when you need it most is that coming to God, coming boldly to his throne of grace, seeking him out, looking to him, waiting for him, expecting of him, is never a waste of time. Thank you for listening today to The Good Life of Dawn Richards. I am Dawn Richards, and I'm so privileged to be able to share what I know for sure, to share truths from God's Word, life lessons, and anything else that God puts on my heart to encourage you and to bless you in your spiritual walk and in your life at large. I thank God for this forum. I thank you for being connected to me here. I ask that you share this podcast with friends, family, relatives, co-workers, whoever else you think could benefit from hearing what God is sharing here. Stay connected to me online. On social media, you can reach me at, on Instagram at Dawn Richards Men, on Facebook, Dawn Richards Ministries, on Twitter at Dawn Richards Men, and our website, dawnrichards.org. Again, thank you for listening, and God bless you.